So for many of us, it's probably impossible to imagine what it's like to be in a war. Thank God for that, right? We are in a time of unprecedented peace. Yes, I am well aware of the catastrophes and calamities that are ongoing right now. Um, I'm not going to talk about much about that because you hear about you know, that on the news. But be that as it may, it's still, it is still probably the best time to have to have ever have lived in. Um, and most of us don't really know what it's like to be in a war. Even though I grew up in close proximity to one uh, most of my life, um, you know, pretty dangerous, <laughs> but I was never in the front, so I don't never know what it's like to be actually in the front with the blood and the bone and steel and fire. So I don't know. But what we do know is one of the worst such fronts was in World War One, and I don't know what it is about getting older that makes men <laughs> all of a sudden get interested in old wars. But here we go. And if you have no frame of reference for this, I'd recommend just googling it. I would probably just you know safe search on to begin with. But the point is, it was reported reportedly as bad as you could possibly imagine, right? Just pits full of blood. Sweat, limbs, tears, bullet holes for months and months and months, right? Just day upon day of rain, cold, fear, your closest friends dying next to you. Yeah. Just just imagine bad. Just, it's hard. It really is hard for someone like me or I guess even like you to imagine how bad how miserable of a situation, how terribly pointless and painful life can be. You know, it's it's hard to imagine the depths to which you could plow in such pain. But anyway, one of the most curious and arguably the only feels-good man moments of the war, except perhaps when it ended was this phenomenon of this Christmas truce. So, on Christmas of 1914, British and German troops engaged in an informal truce. They sort of just walked over. So, you know, basically there are these two trenches, right? Two, two sides fighting. And in the middle, it's just this uh, area of just bullet holes and, you know, uh, artillery explosions and just no man's land. It's called no man's land, where you can't exactly walk. And on the Christmas Day uh, or Christmas Eve, this uh, they uh, both sides just started walking over no man's land. They traded gifts, told stories, uh, shared smokes, and here's a report from one of the captains. Uh, it says, "Here it goes Friday. It is, this is a journal entry, I think. Yeah, it's a journal entry. Friday." We are having the most extraordinary Christmas day imaginable. A sort of unarranged and quite unauthorized but perfectly understood and scrupulously observed truce exists between us and our friends in the front. The funny thing is, it only seems to exist in this part of the battle line. On our right and left, we can all hear them firing firing away as cheerfully as ever. The, The thing started last night, a bitter cold night 
with white frost. Soon after dusk, when the Germans started shouting, Merry Christmas, Englishmen, to us. Of course, our fellows shouted back, and presently large numbers of both sides had left their trenches, unarmed, and met in the debatable, shot-riddled no-man's land between the lines. Here, the agreement, all on their own, came to be made that we should not fire at each other until after midnight tonight. The men were fraternizing in the middle. We naturally did not allow them to too close to our line and swapped cigarettes and lies in the utmost good fellowship. Not a shot was fired all night. Okay, so, uh, now, if you're anything like me, you're wondering... Would this have not been the perfect opportunity for one of the sides to take advantage of the situation? Yes, I am a shit person. <laughs> but, you know, it's a it's a reasonable thing to think. So, basically, both sides had a choice, right? Shoot or don't shoot. So, imagine yourself as the British. You want to reason. You want to, you know, you're like, you're in this trench. You're in this, like, little hole. You're like, man, should I pop my head up there and, like, see what's going on? And you want to reason about what you should do. So what you would do is you would reason about what the action, the actions of the enemy German soldier sitting there might be, right? What would he do? So there are two outcomes, right? So they could come out guns blazing, in which case you get a disappointment sandwich. <laughs> or they could come out waving their hands, in which case you could totally crush them and go home to see your family. So... Weirdly, no matter what the German decides to do, you should probably come out locked and loaded and just like, you know, empty empty a few rounds in this guy. Similarly, the Germans sitting in their trenches reason the same way. So each side would have concluded that there is no way the other would come up peacefully. And then there would have been no Christmas truce, which would have been, of course, a great outcome for both, you know, if they could just cooperate. So this is what is known as a prisoner's dilemma in game theory. Each side would reason their way into being an asshole, basically. That's what happened. But that's not what happened. Indeed, it turns out that in situations where the game is played over many rounds, there is a better way to behave that gets the person behaving you know, in this way the best outcome in the long run. And that is tit for tat. Or rather, generous tit for tat. So this person behaving in this generous tit for tat way has some very simple uh, behaviors, right? So basically what happens is uh, they're nice. So the strategy will the, the strategy will not do something uh, bad, like will not shoot unless the opponent does it as well. So they're nice, right? They will start off being nice and stay nice until the other person behaves like an asshole. So... They, they are nice and they also retaliate. So if they decided not to shoot and the other guy shoots, they will retaliate back, right? So it should be known, the, the other guy should know that this guy will retaliate if they behave wrongly, right? So there's two things. They're nice and they will retaliate. And the third thing is they're forgiving. You know, people people make mistakes, right? Like there are miscommunications, there are maybe... maybe the guy didn't hear me calling over the trench like hey man i'm coming up don't shoot me like you know it's like there are things that happen so they're also forgiving so they're like they will they will let one or two things slide 
uh, before they retaliate just in case there was some miscommunication or something you know some random some some something terrible or random happened so that so this prevents a uh, ongoing cycle of retaliation and vengeance you know like and then no one gets anywhere and finally the this person has to behave in a non envious way so the strategy should just not always be striving to get more than the, more than the opponent right it's 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 not that it's not the case that you lose and they win right so it's a looking for a mutually beneficial situation so non envious so to me now, now these rules were derived from a computer simulation but it seems like this is something close to what these soldiers are were doing you know the result of this better outcome for everybody anyways i hope that this christmas even if you're not want to ask what would jesus do <laughs> you could ask what would generous tipfitter do so i hope uh, people around you do the same and that the new year brings you many more opportunities to be nice stand up for yourself uh, be forgive be forgiving when people mess up and play many non zero games where everyone can benefit so that is my christmas dilemma and i wish you merry christmas and happy new year thanks for tuning in catch up again next time this has been a one deeper podcast thanks for joining and i hope you learned something catch you again next time